This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The meeting of G7 countries confirmed over the weekend the want for a global minimum tax rate of 15%, at least amongst those countries. There is still a ways to go to get final approval and put it into place, but it is a step in that process. Jennifer Bluen, professor of financial management and professor of accounting here at the Wharton School, has more on that. Jennifer, great to talk to you again. Likewise. Nice to be here. So as this idea has been pushing forward, what have been your thoughts on the idea of a minimum tax rate amongst these countries? Um, Frankly, I I think it's a good idea in concept. It solves a lot of political issues, and those, we could say, play on the word apple, but those bad apples um, will probably have to pay a little bit more tax than what they're currently paying. Do you see the, the do you see the will to push this forward? I mean, it's one thing for the G seven countries, but I said there's still a long way to go in this process to get it pushed through. Is there the will to get it at this point? Well, I mean, well, it's it's more as I'm as an accountant. The key issue here is is how would you actually do this? It's a really great concept right? In theory, to write down on the paper, we would like all multinational companies to pay at least 15% tax rate on all their profits, regardless of where they operate. So I think that's where we have the G summit, the G7 summit pushed forward. We've seen the OECD blueprints that came out last October. The Biden administration, right, he's on his platform was this uh, a concept of global minimum tax. So I think the will is there. But what's going to hang folks up is how would we do it when it comes to actually paying the tax? And then second, how do we keep other countries then from undermining it after we uh, set up this minimum tax? And I believe Switzerland's already on record saying that we'll issue subsidies uh, to make our multinationals whole so that they still end up with the same rough tax burden as what they would have had before the minimum tax. And I guess there's some concern here in the U.S. about our country uh, giving up some of its taxing rights uh, to move forward to this type of a plan. Absolutely. It has to be coordinated. If all players don't sign up and agree to some centralized management of the process, it falls apart. And that is a tricky thing for Washington to do. In fact, this would be probably the first time where they've tossed their hat in with a, with a group where they're not exactly running the show. The U.S. has always been a leader in setting tax policy, and countries have looked towards us yeah. uh, to guide the process. And we did have this guilty, the guilty tax, the global intangible low tax income, is a global minimum tax, but it's going to not operate the same way, and, 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 and Washington's going to have to concede this. And, and if you've been following the debate at all, um, a recent Senate testimony, they had called for a, a global minimum tax at at least 21 percent where there was no threshold or carve out or, you know, income that would be ignored. And what we've seen with the OECD and the G7 blueprint is not that tax. Um, we are going to have to concede some issues, and it will be interesting to see if, uh, if we do so when we finally come down to adopting the legislation. So it sounded like a couple of the tech companies, since this is kind of, you know, where this this whole scenario, this whole, you know, falls into, uh, seem to be okay with the idea. And, and I think 
the expectation was with the kind of the benefits that they have had uh, since uh, big tech has really, uh, you know, come onto the landscape, uh, that they would not be happy with this. Well, it's interesting who we've heard from, but it's also interesting who we haven't heard from. So I believe Amazon and Facebook and Google have all said, hey, this is great. We're for it. But I don't think we've heard from um, Apple or Microsoft. And the reason is recognize that Amazon, Facebook, and Google, these were the companies that were going to be hit squarely with this thing called the digital services tax, which was kind of a sales tax. It was going to be a tax on their revenue, not their profit. And then it wasn't clear whether that was really an income tax or a tax that would give credit for it, that they receive credit for. And so I think they like the certainty of paying a minimum tax on profits rather than a gross, you know, a tax on their gross revenue. However, it is the Apple or Microsoft people that sell things, um, have some hardware or have some packaged software. Those are the entities that will definitely pay more tax under this regime, but they were probably not going to be big payers of the digital services tax as it had been defined. So what about a place like Ireland, which has had a low corporate tax rate and obviously has been the site of of some companies going through inversions to move their headquarters over to Ireland? And this is what will be interesting. It's like I suspect Ireland is a net loser in this type of situation because that's how they have attracted uh, the call centers and the servers for these tech companies. And their statutory tax rate right, is 15%, but they actually offer a little bit lighter rate uh, for other types of income. But recognize it's not just Ireland. I think the Netherlands and the UK both offer something that they call a patent box, where they uh, give a light tax rate on royalty income or income from the development of intellectual property. So this minimum tax essentially undermines all of those types of in investment incentives. So while Ireland and, as, as I said, I already, uh, already mentioned Switzerland have both said, well, you know, still come to our jurisdictions. We'll just maybe give yeah. you uh, credit for your Social Security taxes. We'll give you something else so yeah. that you continue um, to have a favorable tax regime or face a favorable tax regime in our jurisdiction. And then again, the whole thing falls apart. It has to be a coordinated effort where everybody signs up. Um, and if we don't, then, then, it's, then it's hard to see how this will stick around for too long of a time. Jennifer, about a minute left. How do you think then this potentially impacts here at home, the Biden administration push for a higher tax rate here? Well, that's an interesting because if this is a big revenue raise, then maybe we don't have to go um, increase the corporate tax rate. Because to me, I think we've talked before and I, I've, I've been on the show before saying I, I, we needed to bring our corporate rate down, whereas the current administration yeah. wants to bring it back up to 28, which yeah. I think is too high. If if this is arguably going to raise some revenue, then maybe we're looking at an increase in the corporate tax rate to something more reasonable, which is 24 or 25 percent. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we're more likely to see some legislation pass than in the next 12 months or so. All right, Jennifer, great to have you with us. Thanks very much. Appreciate Thanks. it. Here, Dan. You got it. Jennifer Bluen, uh, Wharton School a Professor of Accounting and of Financial Management. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.